Maurice forecloses only. You think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. I'm 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 not fucking with you. Good morning. Welcome to Coffee Friday. My name is Dave. Got a very special Coffee Friday episode for you. It's uh, featuring me and Peter Hart a good friend of mine who formerly of the dadgum podcast, if you were around for the postgrad problems blog days, you know him as ice house. He's an Austin guy and he's also uh, very good around the grill. So we thought he would be fitting to uh, hop on with us. Um, our guest today is Hatsam Matar. He's the world's first Arab pitmaster. Uh, and as we learned, I don't want to spoil it. A, a lot of other things, maybe we get into uh, an impromptu, uh, combat sports minute. We do. I'll just tell you right off the bat. We really do. Um, but an interesting guy. We hung out. We had a great time. Went and had a uh, Terry Black's barbecue here in town afterward and went by the, uh, Allen boot company and checked out some hats and some boots. Really cool. Um, really cool. And, uh, we're glad we got to sit down with them. Hope you enjoy this. Here's Hatam Matar. Okay, Hatsum, I want to start out by reading uh, reading something to you. And you can stop me if you've heard this before. Okay. But um, he is that guy who is the life of the party, the center of attention, the risk taker, the wisecracker, the guy who was elected student president but also had the most attentions, the guy who always gets into trouble but never seems to let it bother him. He's the guy who rides a Ducati, who knows jujitsu, who has jumped out of a plane more times than you've had hot dinners. <laughs> of course, that is about our guest. Hatsum Matar, that is from Esquire Middle East. Yes, sir. Were you aware that they they wrote this about you? And what did you think when you read that? Because that's the nicest thing I've ever seen written about anybody ever. Um, we were so honored. We we featured a year ago before that was published. There was uh, an Esquire uh, issue that was called the Undefeated Issue, and it was the world exclusive for Habib speaking to the press after he had retired. Um, and we were featured in that same, um, magazine, uh, and the title was the barbecue King grilling with the barbecue King of the UAE. And I was like, all right, thanks. That's it. Um, uh, very honored to be featured next to that guy, you know, in the, in the personal sense, in the mixed martial arts sense. And then the following year, they're like, Hey, um, we'd like you to be on the cover. We want to keep telling the story about where you've come from and where you've been. And three days worth of just conversation with, um, Matt, who's the um, the editor there, and he wrote that just from spending three days and just honestly, because we're both kind of cut from the same cloth. He's a single dad. Three days later, he published that, and yeah, you're right. It is the nicest thing. It is the nicest thing. Anything jump off the page at you, Pete? I've, I've got a question here, though. Um, the last line about jumped out of a plane more times than you've had hot dinners. Yeah. I got curious. Yeah. I guesstimated I because uh, I eat hot dinners <laughs> uh, frequently. Must yeah. be nice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I just did a I'm 37 years old. Let's say, you know, 300 a year. Yeah. That comes out to about 11,000. Yeah. Have you jumped out of a plane 11,000 times? Close. Close. Really? No, 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 no. Not even. Not, no, no, it's like, dude. No, not even close. I've got I've got 200, 237 jumps. I'm concerned uh. about this author. 
I feel like he needs to eat more hot dinner. Yeah, he's get this guy. Hot dinner. Yeah, poor poor guy. We got to feed him more barbecue. Is no, that just a hobby you picked up? Or? Uh, it's a hobby that I picked up out of uh, necessity, actually. Um, during I I uh, <laughs> my ex wife, God bless her, um, when we had our children, sold my motorcycle without me knowing. Where is the, the Ducati? Going? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> sold my motorcycle. I'm like, hey, I came back. She, there's no motorcycle in the garage. I'm like, where's my motorcycle? She's like, oh, I sold it. I said, okay, no problem. Um, and then I went and got my skydiving license because that's not, that's not something you can get rid of. It's a skill set. So I traded the motorcycle for skydiving. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> wow. We'll note that here in the uh, on the rundown. Yeah, um, there you go. The the opening of that article, just by the way, says you might not know Hatamatar, but you know a Hatamatar. Yeah. I don't know anybody like you. Yeah, I appreciate. I've learned I've learned quite a bit in the uh, in the few minutes we've met and yeah. talked. Um, but yeah, tell us. I guess let's start by talking what everybody wants to talk about: the briefcase full briefcase full of brisket. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, 25 years in the UAE now, 1923, 1998, uh, started grilling hot dogs for the, uh, the American baseball league. No one else was doing it. I was 16 years old, um, sold hot dogs, bought, bought myself my first motorcycle, um, got into barbecue from eating it in Houston. And then nobody was making it in 2014, vacuum sealed brisket, froze it, flew it back, TSA, everybody, any, any border agency on the planet was stop if i was flying through frankfurt if i was flying direct giant hunk of meat like this big they're like what is this doing in your suitcase and i just i couldn't i i was i was as well dressed as i was i was just tired of being you know door number two door number two so i'm sure. like you know what i'm gonna make it myself made it myself out of the backyard backyard turned into catering catering turned into events events turned into restaurants restaurants turned into four that's awesome where are they located they're all in dubai all in dubai yes sir Cool. So first question, do you remember which establishment in Houston? Absolutely. It, it Don't make fun. It was Rudy's. That's fine. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Rudy's Rudy. comes up here. It was Rudy's. Rudy's is is fine. Like, I, I think Rudy's, we used, my previous company used to work next to the Rudy's over there on yeah. uh, 360. Yeah. Breakfast tacos are fantastic. Fantastic. Two dollars? You want breakfast burrito? Oh, yeah. Wrapped in four? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So first taste of... Uh, barbecue was Rudy's and you know, they were like leaner moist. I have no idea what that is. I got both, ended up taking some home and was putting it behind my ears before I went to the club. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> Just like I was an obsession. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, here we are in Austin, hanging out with you guys, talking about barbecue. That's awesome. Shout out to Rudy's. Yeah. Shout out to my man, Rudy. You know, you can't, uh, it's not really feasible to go and stand in a line for like two hours on a whim or anything, but you know, they're everywhere. It's fast. Shout I did. I, I went to Killens, actually. Yeah. I was blown away. Did wait in line. Did the whole thing. And just monstrous. I haven't done... Um, I did uh, Louis Mueller. Mm -hmm. um, hanging out with Wayne this afternoon. Nice. Um, and obviously Southside. But, you know, the cool thing about brisket is when, when someone's like, oh, how long did it take you to perfect brisket? I'm like... What is the question? There's no such thing as the perfect brisket. No one's perfected brisket. You know what I mean? Everyone cooks different. We hung out with Myron Mixon in Washington. He's, I guess, the Kelly Slater. You know Kelly Slater from surfing? Yeah. Yeah. He's the Kelly or the Michael Phelps of barbecues, won the most titles ever. And his, 
you know, combination for brisket is completely left field of what we're doing. Um, who's who's perfected brisket? Nobody has. Everybody's still working on it. That's huge for me as someone who's done approximately two briskets. And <laughs> they've been okay. Yeah. Yeah. My so, wife acts like she's in, into them, and I'm, I think she's just being nice. Just being nice. No, it's yeah. A, it Sometimes is, it's part of the experience. It is. Yeah. It is a labor of love. It's not a cuisine of convenience. So what? What other? Um, barbecue joints around town or just in texas or around the united states are you a fan of i still i still uh, haven't had anything on the west coast okay plan on doing so um moose craft barbecue started out of their backyard now they've got a legit um le- legit uh, barbecue restaurant um chef ben ford who's harrison ford's son uh came to eat at our restaurant um you know really well-renowned chef showed up to the restaurant uh, in dubai and i was like i'm I recognize you. And he's like, no, you don't. I'm like, no, but I'm sure I've seen you somewhere. And I'm like, and he's, you can tell he's like, you know, uh, he's like, no, you haven't. I'm like, okay. And we sat down and I'm like, are you sure? Like, he's like, okay, just quit it. I'm Harrison Ford's son. Get it out of the way. He's Han Solo's son. And he's a very accomplished chef on the West coast. Did you know that? I didn't know that. He does, uh, he does not. He but does barbecue as well. But you're, you're a good uh, match for him because Harrison Ford crashes planes a lot. That's true. <laughs> so you would need to know how to skydive to hang out with him. Yeah, dude. It all. Yeah, full circle. No, yeah. he's uh, so uh, West Coast barbecue. Haven't gotten out there yet, but um, going to California this summer and looking forward to doing that. Sweet. What's the biggest difference um, between what you do with the brisket compared to like what you know, classic Texas brisket? We te- classic Texas brisket. The yeah. gospel truth, Texas brisket. Nine parts, six parts, black pepper to salt. Yeah, put it in the thing, put it in the smoker. Some people wrap, some people don't. Um, and then, you know, it comes out, you rest, all that stuff. We spice it with spices from Syria, spices from the UAE, spices from Egypt, spices from Sudan. You put all those together and you're like, what the hell is this? You recognize that it's brisket, but the spices, I mean, it's granular. You can crunch it, you can feel it. You're like, where does this come from? And that's the point of what we're doing. It's barbecue or culinary diplomacy as you will what uh, what were the spices like the flavor palette what is it something com- uh, comparable um that you know we might have heard of or might have in arabic we say bila fakhra, i mean which means with the greatest humility it's not comparable to anything nobody else does brisket like this it's All called right. we call it third culture barbecue for a reason um i'm egyptian raised in the uae making american barbecue where does that you know where the nexus of all of those things i don't think anybody else is doing that well, I guess we have to go to Dubai to try it. It's I'll, the only I'll, option. If, you had, if, we, if yeah. we, yeah, if we had eighteen hours, I'd make you some. <laughs> uh, how was the reception of like, you know, when you when you first started putting out the brisket to the public, were they very receptive to it in the UAE? In the UAE, the reason we are where we are now is because we word of mouth. Um, one person told one person, and then the next person, and then the next person. I was a very wealthy oil and gas engineer and now i am a very poor but very happy chef um so people were very receptive to it in 2015 because it didn't exist what made you get out of oil and gas i got fired oh okay i'll do it <laughs> yeah been there <laughs> yeah you ever been to subway yeah i got left off the schedule there famously when i was 16 <laughs> yeah. so it wasn't like they didn't tell me i was fired yeah. but it was like okay no my, my boss god bless him called me one day and he's like are you gonna join the call and I'm like, I was in the middle of something, you know, covered in gunk, smoke in my face. And he's like, are you going to join the call? And I'm like, what call? And he's like, the call you scheduled. And I'm like, oh, uh, I'm having connectivity issues. He's like, you know what? Shut up. I Googled you. And I'm like, oh, this is November, by the way. I'm like, oh. And he's like, 
Um, you're fired. I'm like, I appreciate you putting up with me this long. He's like, thank you, sir. Hung up Wait, so what did he see when he Googled you that he didn't Exactly like? what you see now. If you Google me, it's all barbecue. My LinkedIn profile doesn't even show up. It's all Hatem restaurant, Hatem, Hatem cooking, Hatem doing all this stuff. So they realized I had a side hustle that wasn't my side hustle anymore. It was my regular hustle. The oil and gas thing was my side hustle. That oh, man, that's a good place to be. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a really good place to be, especially, yeah. especially right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I missed the bus on that one. Yeah, as that's soon okay. as oil and gas picked up, I'm like, yeah, see ya. I think, I think this brisket thing's going to work out for you. Maybe. I, I got yeah. some questions. Yes, so uh, you, got, you said you got four restaurants. Yes, sir. Uh, brisket's a specialty. Yeah. It's a two-part question. Okay. Uh, first one is going to be, you know, how many are you moving a week or a month? And then the second part is how easy is it to source? Can you talk a, bit, a little bit about how you're sourcing the meats? Because I assume you're not doing it in briefcases anymore. <laughs> no, I'm not. Yeah. Um, so two, quest two, two, uh, two parts of the question. When things were going well, we were, um, uh, there's a place in Dubai called Time Out Market. Um, you guys know there's Time Out Market in New York, Chicago, Montreal. Uh, the original one was in Portugal. It's a licensed food hall. And essentially, Time Out is a magazine like Texas Monthly. Mm -hmm. And it curates the best of the city, the best bars, the best clubs, the best. So they pick 17 of the best restaurants and put them in one place. And they have a, a licensed bar that belongs to them. And essentially, you can eat 10 things at the same time with a whole bunch of people. Uh, everybody can get whatever they want, but it's the best of the city. So we're part of that food hall. And to answer your question, when we were, when we had just opened up, that was our first restaurant. We were doing 1.5 metric tons of brisket every weekend. I love the word uh, measuring things in tons now. Yeah, I don't know what, what is that. What is that in what is that <laughs> in, like in American? What is that American I mean, pounds? Just a lot. Uh, about three thousand pounds. Yeah. Many many uh, pounds. Yeah, it's a lot of pounds. Yeah, so let's say you got a thirty pound brisket, maybe about a hundred a week. Yeah, hundred in a weekend. Oh yeah, on the weekend we were just chucking it out the door. Sandwiches, sandwiches, plates. We were doing half pounds of pastrami, brisket, sandwiches. It was mental. So let's talk. I mean, uh, you, uh, everybody that's listening, you can go check out his Instagram. It's great. Um, but let, can you describe the smoker setup? Yes, sir. That you can that you, that is necessitated or necessitates. Talk talk about where you're cooking all these brisket. So we got we got uh, we have a we have a custom made smoker from Texas, obviously, um, and um, we have several pieces of equipment that do everything that you know a Texas barbecue would do. The trick in the UAE is. Drum roll, please. It is the desert. There is no wood. So what you guys would be like, oh, hey, we're out of oak. Let's rock up to the gas station and get a couple of bags. We were, during COVID, we were down to the last bag of wood while we were producing before the next container came out. So our first ingredient, every, what makes barbecue barbecue is imported. And it's 45 to 60 day lead time. So we buy orchards at a time of sustainable wood and where does it come from uh, all over uh we've got wood that comes from texas we've got wood that comes from the uk we've got wood wow. that comes from eastern europe um and it's places and people that we know and have met that have come to dubai that have eaten our food um all of the wood that comes is to our spec specifically which gives us you know our kind of flavor mm -hmm. and for all the trees that they turn into firewood those orchards are replanted twice or three times over that's great yeah and is it mostly oak or are you mix in mesquite or anything like that here's the secret are you okay. ready post oak right mm -hmm. outside market post oak live oak white oak mix of those three and as subtle as it is there is a difference 
um, if you use one or the other, but you mix all three of those, money, right. interesting, figuratively. What do you think about the uh, the pellet smoker craze? Because that's I God currently am a pellet forbid, guy. Repent. I'm sorry. I, I thought this from, might happen. Repent from your ways. No, uh, look, pellet smoking and gas grills will get you the quick endorphin dopamine hit of barbecue convenience, but there is no artistry uh, in those things. And in my personal opinion, analog uh, barbecue is the last analog experience known to man. You can't digitize barbecue, right? As much as they try to put Bluetooth probes that'll tell you when your brisket has hit 205, right? <laughs> barbecue is still... Are you guys... Is, you're laughing. Are you guys... Do you guys do that? I don't, I'm not going to name names. And I, like whenever I'm in a bad mood, I send them memes about how pellet smoking is not cool. <laughs> fist bump <laughs> really there. Does. He does. Yeah, all fist facts. bump there. No. And barbecue... <laughs> You have to smell it. You have to see it. You've got to touch it. Uh, when I was cooking with Wayne Mueller, we were chucking out beef ribs. He wasn't even temping them. He was just like, this one's done. This one. Uh, nah, this one needs 10 minutes. How the hell do you know that? But it's not a it's not a DoorDash 15-minute fried chicken to your door. God bless fried chicken. I love fried chicken. But it's not that cuisine. It's, you know... On the Arabic hospitality side of things, and I, I tell this, we were part of the Smithsonian Folklife Festival representing the UAE. I tell people that barbecue has a synergy with Arabic hospitality because Arabic hospitality comes from the old days. They would host strangers for three days, uh, and those strangers um, did not have to tell them their name, where they came from, or where they were going. If they stayed for the fourth day, it was incumbent on them to tell their host where they were going and what they were doing, and their name. 90% of the people only stayed three days. So Arabic hospitality comes from the feeling and the sense that you are hosting somebody who will never be able to repay the favor or the kindness. Barbecue is exactly the same way in that if you spend 18 hours making a brisket, the person that's going to eat it spends five minutes eating that sandwich. He's never going to be able to repay the effort and kindness and time that you've been able, that you've had to put in, to the cuisine. I feel like a jerk now. I've <laughs> <laughs> been cutting about, corners. I'm about, about to start crying. No, no, Seriously. no, no. It's not that. It's just, it's, it's, it is a cuisine. You can feel the amount of effort. If, if barbecue is done right, you can feel the, the, the emotion of the person that's cooked the food, I think. Uh, are there any uh, uh, culinary traditions uh, in the Arab world that are similar to you know a longer slow uh slow smoke oh or my slow God. cooked plenty yeah. um tell netflix to give us a special and we'll show them um we're we're uh, in the uae there's something called tanur in oman there's something called shua in jordan it's called zarb um and all of those are underground pit cooking traditions okay. where you will bury a whole carcass and then come pick it up in 24 hours. Similar to like a pozo. In the yes, South yes exactly. Cool. Exactly. So, and you've got to be, it's, oh my God, is it a cuisine of confidence? So you'll bury this thing. You'll get the fire, spice it, cover it. And then once it's covered, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. But when, when tomorrow comes. You can't check. <laughs> you're cooking blind. So when you come back the next day, everybody's expecting food. Like you've got 20 or 30 people. If you open that pit and God forbid it's not ready. You can order Hardee's then. Oh, <laughs> you're, no. You're in, you're in trouble. So it is, man, if you can cook underground, you'll survive the zombie apocalypse. What, you can what do it. animal typically are you? Lamb, Lamb. goat, um, camel. Um, but 
those because you yeah in 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 the UAE that that, that livestock exists um cows obviously are very water intensive no grass that kind of stuff so goat camel sheep lamb you made a face when you said camel yes, is it a, a is a goat and lamb are the prefer uh, preferred ones and then camel's kind of like the second no no one. camel is a luxury actually camel oh. camel camels camels go for millions of dirhams when they go there's <laughs> this, I'm, I'm, you're not you're gonna laugh but there is a camel beauty contest believe it or not I, I mean, oh, we're in as there should that be. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, there's a camel to, beauty contest. My, my dad made me go see the fattest pig in Texas one time. You nothing will surprise. <laughs> yeah, okay. There I think is. I saw the smallest horse in the world allegedly at the state fair once. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Just a mini horse. So there, camel is camel is um, you do you do it if it's like a wedding of nobility or somebody you know well to do in the in the area. Camel is absolutely a luxury. The rest okay. of it is, you know. What um, got a lot of camel questions now. Uh, <laughs> what uh. We could do the prettiest could, camel. What, what is generally the oh one? man? Is it, is it the eyelash? I don't know, man. That's outside my yeah. Donna <laughs> says yeah. That's outside my wheelhouse, man. And um, we did cook a camel once for somebody very important. Um, he uh, jokingly said, "So Hatim, can you cook a camel?" You can't drop names. So this is very important. No, it's somebody important. Okay. Um, it, uh, it was an HH. Um, and um, he said, "Hatim, can you cook camel?" Said Zidi, "If you send us one, we'll cook it." Just en passant, like as a joke. Next day, open the door. Hatim Matar, say, yes, sir. He said, I have camel for you. <laughs> Come on. I got a, I'm not joking. I got a picture of it. I'll show it to you. Who after. is this? And <laughs> <laughs> um, so we, the camel, we put the camel in the smoker and it took two days to smoke because it was the entire carcass and we were not allowed to break it up because it was, oh. it was to be served on a bed of rice. So it, it's half the, a quarter of the size of the studio. That's incredible. Are there? Are there? Pick, how much rice? Pick yeah, a, a lot. lot, a lot it's a lot. They, it's a lot of people that carry it. Oh wow! No joke. It's like it's like Aladdin. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but mental picture. Put that in your head. Are Got there it. are there cuts of the camel that are preferred? Uh, are you know like is there is the there hump, a brisket? Is, yeah. The hump is very like the brisket. The neck. Um, with the young camel is called hashi, and the younger camel just like veal, mm -hmm. um, but it is obviously a cuisine of of um, celebration. Um, and uh, endem endemic to the UAE, uh, and then I guess North Africa is mostly sheep and lamb. Yeah, I noticed you have a rather intimidating wolf on your left hand. Yes, sir. Do you want to give us a story behind that, if there is one? Okay. Um, very briefly, <laughs> when I before I was pretending to be a barbecue chef, I was pretending to be a professional fighter. I was on the North American kickboxing circuit. I fought for a team called Team Tompkins, who was Canada's premier striking team. Uh, my roommate fought Jose Aldo for the title. I fought on the undercard with George St. Pierre. Um, BJ Penn came to the restaurant a year ago, and Anderson Silva stayed at my house. And when I was when when I was uh, when I was uh, when I was in uh, university, my ring name, drum roll please, was Hatim, the Wolf Matar. And so I've kind of carried that character into my adult life in quotations. That is way cooler of an answer than I could have ever imagined. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I really didn't know. I was like hoping it wasn't something like super sentimental you didn't want to talk about. No, no. Turns out no. it was uh, very cool. Um, okay, so jiu-jitsu guy, what's your focus? Um, so um, jiu-jitsu is the national sport of the UAE, believe it or not. Okay. Sheikh Tahnoun trained under Hanzo Gracie. And um, he didn't tell him that he was one of the shiuch of Abu Dhabi. Um, and he got a black belt from Hanzo. So he's the real deal. 
like he's one of the leaders of the UAE, but he is legit on the mats. Um, picked up jiu-jitsu when I came back from uh, um, Canada. Uh, got a world uh, in tw- 2009. Got bronze in the world professional championships. Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed gave me my medal. Uh, bronze at the Asian Games in 2011. And silver at the Abu Dhabi Grand Slam in 2016. Very cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you still follow the sport? I still follow the sport, unfortunately, but barbecue takes up 48 hours of my day. And I used to fight at 165. I weigh a cool 195 these days. So really far out. Go up a weight class. <laughs> I, I, I need to go. I need to get back to 165, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. If you're going to go fight, what is the best barbecue for a pre-fight meal? <laughs> there is no... Um, no, I suggest you steer clear of barbecue. When we were when we were competing, uh, believe it or not, I'll tell the truth, actually. Believe it or not, before we would compete, we would go vegetarian for two weeks. Uh, it improved your cardio, improved your wind, improved your sleep, improved your digestion. And then celebra- celebration after your win was, you know, three pounds of wings to your face. Was that tough, making the switch? Uh, in comp- I mean, in university, no. These days... I'm around barbecue every day, so it's almost impossible to avoid it. But when you when you were an athlete, no, it was it was easy. It was good. For, it was good for you, actually. Do you ever get sick of it, like being around it that much? No, no. A barbecue. If if I thought if I thought martial arts was my thing, and I, I took to it like you know fish and water, I don't know where the I don't want to say skilled because that seems pretentious, but I don't know where the affinity to barbecue comes from. But I feel like it's like natural. You know, I was born to do. This, this is my calling. One more fight question for me. <laughs> sure. <And> that's great. <laughs> uh, we can move on. What, yeah. uh, uh, of all the celebrity chefs, yeah. Uh, who do you, who do you think would fight the best? Celebrity chefs? I've oh, got, God bless. Because God God, I've got one in my head that I. God I, rest I, his soul. Anthony Bourdain was a jujitsu fighter. Well, that's really, right. Yeah, and he that. he actually competed, and oh. Alex Atala, who's a Michelin chef, Michelin star chef out of Brazil, mm-hmm. goes. And makes um, plates with r- uh, uh, ants from the Amazon for dessert, and then goes to train at the local Brazilian top team thing. He's a fighter. There's plenty on the circuit. Yeah, if I saw a, a guy step into the ring eating a whole bunch of ants, then you, I'd be, you, I knew I'd be. Toast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who did you think was gonna win? Who, who? I would say Ina Garten uh, oh, because yeah. she worked with. Uh, um, first of all, she drinks heavily, okay. and so you know you know you don't want to fight someone. That's, that's not something. That's not good for your cardio. No, but you know she's. She could be irrational, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but she also she uh, she had some high-ranking government position, so I was I, I assumed that she was trained by the special Pentagon. forces. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ina Garten will kill you. Not Guy Fieri. Who's that? Oh, Guy oh, yeah. Fieri. Yeah, maybe. No, maybe. he's 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 sitting ringside. He's the promoter. Mm. He is the promoter. He is the promoter. One hundred percent. Mayor of Flavortown. Exactly. People forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's cool. I'll, I'll try not to uh, turn this into just uh, a combat sports minute. Yeah, we yeah, just... yeah. Back to back to. Tell us about Aldo. No, I won't do that. Um, just for my own personal gratification, can you? What's the biggest error you see uh, amateur chefs like myself make, like when they are doing something on the grill, on a smoker? It's a, this is probably a larger answer than you want, but I think now in life everybody's doing things on the surface because of how simple they are digitally. Um, back in the day, if you wanted to do something at a government office, you had to go physically put your papers in, all of that stuff. Speaking to a girl, you had to go 
up to her and say, excuse me, can I buy you dinner? You know, I feel like everything that's done, including cuisine, uh, is, um, you know, uh, looking stuff up digitally, uh, Bluetooth, Bluetooth temperature probe, mm-hmm. setting your microwave or your oven to 250 degrees F on the nose. You know, it's it's become it, life has become people cookie cutting things that already exist and not not doing it their own way. So I think in cuisine, unless you have people over, man, open the fridge, get your spice cabinet out, buy something that you've never bought, put it all together, make a mistake, figure it out. Then the next time change one variable. Then the next time one variable. Then the next time one variable. I I learned barbecue that way. I made hundreds of kilos of bad brisket before I figured it out. It's a good answer. Yeah. yeah. One one <laughs> trial and error. Tri- one thousand every everything in life, by the way. No one's uh, Wayne Gretzky didn't, you know, become Wayne Gretzky in one day. Trial and error. How he holds the stick. Michael Jordan. All those guys. It's trial and error, and, and nobody sees the trial and error part. They see when you've won the title. They see that when you've won the championship. But people are afraid of making mistakes or being told no or this is bad, so they don't try in the first place to make the error. That makes sense. I thought that. I, mean, I know that was bigger than the than the question no, on on culinary, but it is I'm like thinking about my life right now. <laughs> <Isn't that right? laughs> it, is, it really is. Honestly, it is really the capability. I think barbecue and martial arts, just to you know, on the philosophy side of things. In jiu-jitsu, it's a question of submission. If someone puts a submission on you, you could be stubborn. A hundred percent you could be stubborn. But they'll either put you to sleep or take your shoulder off. And you have to, the word, it's, 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 it's hard to say, but you have to submit, right? In life, a lot of people don't do that in general. Someone's telling you to do something. You, you have to sub- If you someone told you on the street, you have to submit to what I'm asking you to do. You're going to be like, your first reaction is like, excuse me, Holmes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not submitting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you have the humility in martial arts to submit and make a mistake, barbecue does the same thing. You figure out that the brisket that you're cooking, you've made a mistake and you admit that you've made that mistake over and over and over again until you've got your black belt. Making a mistake and then learning from that one mistake next time up. One mistake. Then next time up, you progress. Blue belt, purple, brown, black. I think people have lost the capability to take criticism and learn from mistakes because they don't want to make them in the first place. I think that makes sense, especially because, you know, a lot of people just won't do a brisket uh, yeah. because it's time intensive, yeah. it's expensive, yeah. and you make a mistake, you know, somewhere along the way overnight, yeah. comes out bad, and they're, you know, don't want to, f- afraid of failing, honestly. Uh, that's what it is. It's, it's a, it's a afraid of failure piece. Right. When you're in, when you're in Texas, yes, in, sir. let's say outside of barbecue, yeah, what is your favorite like Texas cuisine? It could be fast food. It could be something that's regional. Um, my favorite Texas cuisine. I'm my 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 reward my reward meal in uh, in the UAE when I'm in Dubai is fried chicken. So um, if you guys have a fried chicken recommendation in Austin, man, let's do that now. Yeah, we got a couple. Yeah, but like real, I mean, real deal, not not fast food fried chicken, real deal fried yeah. chicken. Austin's a good fried chicken town. Oh, hell it's yes. It's coming up. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. yeah? Let's do it. A lot of the, have you tried any of the Nashville stuff? No. It's, it's oh, the, I know what, I mean, they, they, they make them on our side of town. They make them in Dubai. Um, they make the sauce, but um, I haven't had any, I haven't had anything here. So your recommendations are welcome. What's your go-to, Pete? Well, you, you were going to, I could, I could 
see the wheels turning in your head uh, when you mentioned in the Nashville. Uh, Tumble 22 is a good spot. Um, Mental note. Yeah. it's uh, They got two locations, two or three locations. They got two or three now, yeah. Yeah, they got, they got a couple of them. Um, they do have the hot Nashville sauce, but authentic Nashville hot chicken, they um, – they, they cook the spices into the batter and everything. Oh. So it's like you cannot unhot yeah. Nashville hot chicken. Yeah, there's the, not, this the, one they have like a it's just fried chicken and they have a bunch of sauces you can put on top. But it's good. It's there's really, no it's there's really no non spicy version. There is no such yeah, thing as that okay. for authentic Nashville hot chicken. Yeah. Uh Gus's fried chicken is my personal favorite. It's a um small chain. I think they've got a couple dozen locations now, but the original's in Memphis, Tennessee. And I lived there for a little while. It's uh, it's it's pretty solid as well. Honestly, the best fried chicken I've had, and I've we I was just in Australia. I've had some fried chicken here. There's a restaurant in Dubai called Bird B R D, and I don't know what he's done. He's actually a Peruvian chef, uh, in Dubai, making just insane food. He does a menu for a month, and then it disappears, and you can never have it again. He did a dish that was fried chicken, creme fraiche, caviar, honey. Listen, just wait, wait, wait for it, wait for it. Fried chicken, creme fraiche, caviar on a waffle with, with a drizzle of honey. Thank me later. Chicken and waffles with caviar. With, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what he did. He just upgraded. He made, he made chicken and waffles a first-class meal. I, I, dare I say nobody's doing that. No, literally no one. Nope. Now, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there is, you know, in, in, uh, the, cool thing, the cool thing about the Dubai food scene is – it literally has 195 nationalities cooking for their own diaspora. So the, <clears throat> the Thai uh, diaspora has their Thai restaurants that they go to. The Uzbek uh, diaspora has an Uzbekistani restaurant. Where would you ever have Uzbek food unless you went? Mm-hmm. And uh, in Dubai, depending on which side of town you're on, almost every cuisine under the sun exists cooked by its own people. Um so we're very spoiled for choice. When you want really good Indian, you go to the best Indian restaurant cooked by an in, an Indian gentleman from the south of India, which is a seafaring city, Indian seafood. And then you go further inland. It's just, it's an incredible place for food at the moment. It wasn't like that when we were growing up, but it is now. Are there uh, are there some interesting cross-cultural, uh, you know, kind of blending of those different uh, traditions? So uh, I'm thinking like... Here we've got a place called Valentina's. Uh, that's it's Tex-Mex barbecue. Okay, you know they they mix Tex-Mex Mexican food with, you know, you'll, you'll get a brisket with, or a beef rib with queso on it, that sort of thing. Dana Dana was Dana's look is dying for like legit Tex-Mex. So we've got a list of fried chicken first, and then we'll go Tex-Mex. Um, there is yeah cross cultural. Mm-hmm. Hey, right here for sure. Yeah. Um, other people that are doing it, uh, Chef Omar from uh, from Slab from Bird. Um, there's oh, there's an Indian restaurant that's doing uh, molecular gastronomy. So like the stuff that you see on Netflix, you know, where they make like a bubble that explodes and then there's stuff underneath with Indian cuisine. And the, his restaurant is called Tres End Studio, and it's a studio of he plates this stuff. It's incredible. It's just it's not the stuff that you would go. I mean, this is something that you go to for like an anniversary or something. But it's art on a plate and incredibly delicious. Uh, and it's him pushing Indian cuisine kind of into the fine dining space. Molecular gastronomy. That's a word. I didn't make that up. I, I don't. I'm not familiar. <laughs> Molecular. You just see me short circuit. Do you guys over here. know? Exactly. Um, do you know um, <clears throat> there's a restaurant in Chicago called Alinea, Grant Ashats. Um, he makes a dish. 
with a balloon of sugar that floats in front of you when you arrive and you take the dish that's hanging off the balloon and eat it. That kind of cuisine. I'm not joking. I'm not making People this up. People are wild, man. I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not making this up. The, the, um, that type of cuisine is called molecular gastronomy. He's got an episode on Chef's Table. Okay. I'm looking into this when yeah. we're done. Molecular gastronomy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Heston Blumenthal in London. Um, uh, what's his name? Gagan in Thailand and in India. Yeah. Cuisine is like, you know, an encyclopedia. Never ending. Awesome. How lit is Dubai? <laughs> um, Dubai. <clears throat> if I left, the the only the thing about Dubai and why I'll never move, and the UAE in general, why I'll never leave the UAE, is because of how safe it is. We leave our doors unlocked, uh, and if you left something on a table somewhere, you'd find it the next day. If you came back the next day. Because everybody lives there with a job, like it's an expatriate community. You're not there without a work visa. So because you're there working, um, it's an extreme. I, the, 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 I have daughters, two daughters, 13 and 11. They've got more energy than I do. Long day of barbecue. We've got a lot of farm animals at home, the dogs and stuff like that. And they want to play outside on the street in the neighborhood we live in. It's like 1030 at night. I'm like, listen, man, peace in the Middle East. I'm going to sleep. I don't have to keep my eye on them uh, on the safety side of things. On the lit side of things, if you <laughs> total other end yeah, of the spe- right. total other end of the spectrum, um, there is everything under the sun. Um, the concerts that are in the UAE, the concert scene, the music scene, the club scene, the restaurant scene, you've never seen hospitality like that unless you come to Dubai. The supercars, the um the decorations of the restaurants, um, who comes. Karim Benzema, is, is the, the footballer, is there. We fed uh, Paul Pogba. We fed Mohamed Salah. Uh, we fed Habib. Um, brushed shoulders with um, Will Smith. Um, so you can imagine those kind of interactions in that city. It's, it's probably the most lit city on earth in a in a very small space. If you, if you like, or for example, maybe hosting an award show and you see Will Smith walking toward you, walking yeah. toward the stage, yeah. maybe after you made a joke about him or yeah. his wife, and he raises his hand. What what do you do? And you go in rear naked choke. What do you put him in? <laughs> no, I, lo- I love I love Will Smith. Every at my my th- the next time I see him, I wanted to do my my Mike Lowry and Marcus Barnett impression from Bad Boys. You guys grew up watching that. <laughs> oh, how do yeah. you, how do I know it's Mike Lowry? Cause uh, Mike Lowry. You know I I, I want to do that with Will Smith, but I never got the chance. Oh man, he'll be back. He will, hundred percent, hundred percent. We need to go. It just this just uh drives it home. We got We got to figure this yeah. out. Get us to Dubai. Yeah. We, you hear it's lit, and yeah, that sounds like no. A, it is. Like it's a, good it's time. a beautiful city. It's a beautiful country. Right. It's it's on the if when they got, we, when, they got brisket that tastes like nothing else in the world. Apparently. It's true. It's you true. Know? But when you see it coming from the plane, it's like something out of Star Wars. It's an incredibly diverse city. Burj Khalifa, almost touching the sky, right on the water, right? So it's this coastal city in the middle of pristine desert, 15 minutes outside the city. The sand dunes are like four stories, five stories high. Uh, And bear in mind, the UAE is only 50 years old, by the way. Some of the people that attended the Smithsonian Folklife Festival are older than the UAE. You know what I mean? And so they... 
the founder of the country, the George Washington of the country, Sheikh Zayed Allah Rahma, we had access to him, like we saw him. We, the, you, the UAE has founding, founding country energy at the moment. It's that new. Everybody's doing something new. Everybody's building. Um, so you guys got to come. If I'm scared of heights, would I be happy uh, in the hotels? Um, so the reason the reason I skydive actually is because I'm deathly afraid of heights. Huh? But you got a plan. No. So listen. <laughs> so the, the 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 philosophy is, if I can convince my brain when I get it's a horrible feeling. By the way, the door of the plane opens. Everybody on the plane is high fiving. They're like, "Yes, I can't wait." You should see my face. I'm like, why am I doing? I, I can't believe I paid for this. But tell myself at the door of the plane, I'm going to jump. And I do jump. When I get down, um, anytime I'm doing something just like this, by the way, there is the nervous part of you, the, the part of your brain that's like, you can't do this. And then I have the conversation. I was like, oh, weren't you talking to me at the door of the plane? And you said, I can't do this. And I did. Shut up. You're lying. And then I do it. So I jump to get over my fear of heights. So when I have the conversation with myself about anything else I can't do, I'm like, I've had this conversation with you before. Shut up. You're lying. Mm -hmm. All right. How many jumps before you could go solo? Seven. Seven? Yeah. Because I did a tandem once. That counts as one. And uh, you weren't lying. When they open the door, yeah. it gets real. Uh, yeah. It's and a different feeling. The wind is pulling. Is, is, and you look down and you're like, I, did I pay for this? Your body's like, no, you shouldn't, yeah. you shouldn't do this. Yeah, 100%. And if the guy doesn't go one, two, three, and you jump, you're like, you know what? Just take me down. If you if you can look at the pilot and the guy that you're flying with, look him in the face and be like, please take me down. <laughs> Some people, I'm serious. Some yeah. people on the plane, they're like, hey, you ready? And they're like, no, I'm not flying. Nope. And they got to come down and live with that for the rest of their life. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You'll I be mean. fine. You'll be fine. The hotels are not that high. Just don't stay Burj Khalifa. Yeah. I don't. I, I you, see pictures of that and I'm like, mm, yeah. You can, stay, <laughs> you can stay at the farm. It's only a one-story building. Tight. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. Come right. hang out. What's next for Hatem Matar in 2022? Um. More culinary diplomacy, more breaking down barriers, more telling people about the UAE, where we come from, what we stand for, Arabic hospitality, um, the Middle East in general, and in, this, in in the United States. I mean, I grew up French school, British school, American school, uh, Saudi Arabia, UAE, not out of um, ignorance, but what's on the media. Anytime we have conversations with people in the U.S. that have not traveled abroad and we say the Middle East, their automatic response is conflict. Oh, isn't that where this was? Isn't that where this war is? Or isn't that where? And we're trying to get rid of that stereotype that exists from the 90s and still exists today. There is conflict. But look at, we call it MENA, Middle East, North Africa, from Morocco to Iraq, almost 17 or 18 countries. Correct me if I'm wrong. We all speak the same language, right? Um and it's an incredibly diverse part of the world. Doesn't really get its fair share of publicity for its cuisine, for its landscape, for its mountains. It's the Red Sea. You listen. Do you guys uh, scuba dive? Anybody? Anybody big on the water? I snorkel. Um, you haven't snorkeled until you've snorkeled the Red Sea. Okay. You know what I mean? We got uh, an art itinerary. Yeah, yeah just like, right start now. adding this stuff. Uh, just getting getting the Arab world. The publicity it needs for its music, for its culture, for its calligraphy, for its athletes, um, for its medicine, for all the stuff. That's that's what's next for us in disguise as barbecue. That's the point of everything we're doing, really. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much for coming by. This has been it's been a good time. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank where, you guys. Where can, where can uh, the listeners follow you? Uh, Instagram, first and last name, Hatamatar, H-A-T-T-E-M-M-A-T-T-A-R. In university, nobody knew my name. Everybody thought my name was Double T. 
um they, i i would i was uh you know introducing myself nine, 18 19 years old hey what's your name hatim i'm sorry what everybody's in the club you know doing that thing with your ear when you're like i'm sorry what did you say so i'm like hatim and i realized that they couldn't hear me so i would say I, first year of university i said h a double t e m and what they heard was double t they're like oh double t i'm like yeah no problem so i spent 4 years of my life in university incognito Double, Double T is a pretty badass nickname. It is. Yeah. And it's then almost, when, when we came... As as Wolf. Listen, when we came to graduate, when we came to graduate, everyone was like, Hatem Matar. And they're like, who's that? And I got up and they're like, what? <laughs> Double T? Double T? Double T? Yeah. yeah. That producer Randy over there, he's uh, he goes by T-Bone. Oh, no. <laughs> took, him, took him to dinner one time. He ordered a T-Bone. They didn't have a T-Bone, but so, he wanted one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Instagram, Hatem Matar. And uh, everything else that we do is on... Um, you know, the restaurant is on there. Our culinary diplomacy project with the UAE embassy is on there. Our culinary diplomacy project with the American consulate is on there. Um, bilateral barbecue relations, kind of. Um, yeah, and everything we do is mostly on Instagram. I'm too old for TikTok. Yeah, me too. I tried. Yeah, I tried. My kids are on. We're doing okay. Yeah. I think I think it's the, does the trick for me. I tried, and then my my niece saw one that I did, and yeah, she's thirteen. She's like, she's she's like do. "What are you doing?" No, I'm like, you my, know, I don't know. Yeah, my daughter <laughs> asked me. She's like, "Are you on Snap? Are you on TikTok or Snapchat?" I'm like, uh, "No, why?" She's like, "Because I'm on it." So, okay, <laughs> well, I'm on it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, so just Instagram, just Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. No, my pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. What a cool setup. Uh, what a cool hangout, and what a cool conversation. I hope I get to host you guys in the UAE. You guys get to to visit and you see what all the hype and fuss is about. Yeah. I hope that happens as well. It's on the list. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Okay. Well, uh, that's Hatsum Matar, ladies and gentlemen. We will uh, see you all next week. Bye. You think I'm fucking with you? I am not fucking with you. I am I'm, I'm not fucking with you. Coffee's closes on. Coffee's closes on. Coffee's closes on. Good job. Oh, yeah.